and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. I am here today and so excited to introduce you to Lisa Lewis-Miller. She's a career coach, has a podcast of her own named The Career Clarity Show, and is also an author of the book, Career Clarity, Finally Find the Work That Fits Your Value and Lifestyle. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lori. It's a delight to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. Like you said something in my research for you that made me just so like we're soul sisters. Your you said your whole goal is kind of finding what sets people on fire. And I am a huge believer in setting your soul on fire and igniting the passion. So tell me a little bit about what you do, you know, your book, your podcast, your coaching career. What is it you do with people? So the thing that I love helping people with more than anything is figuring out how to make work work better for you. Yeah. That can mean a variety of different things for different people. But in my particular area of specialization, I've tended to really support people with navigating career change and transition and thinking about what's next for you. And it oftentimes comes as a product of somebody's success that they have been in a career path or on a specific trajectory for 10, 20, 30 years. Yep. And they hit a point where they realize I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be my boss. I don't want to be my boss's boss, but I've been here for so long and I've developed this particular set of capabilities and skills and subject matter expertise. If not this, then what? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's so, I thought we'd do something a little bit different today than usually the format of my show, because a lot of the women listeners that I have have come to me with so many great questions. And I thought with you really helping with career transitions and helping find the right career for you, it might be fun to kind of riff on some of the questions and see what you think um, in terms of answers. Are you game for that today? I would love that. It sounds like fun. Okay. So it's so interesting that you bring up a lot of women come to you after, or I'm sorry, women and men, you coach both genders, correct? I, I coach both. I tend to attract more people who identify as women than men. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll just say the people who come to you. Um, one of my questions actually from a listener was, you know, I'm 20 years in, I'm dissatisfied. I don't know what to do, but they're almost a product of their own success. So she said, if I'm 20 years in, I'm making great money, but I'm not happy or I'm not fulfilled. What would you say to this listener about that transition? Well, I would start by saying, uh, be gentle with yourself because you're not alone. This is a situation that a lot, a lot of people find themselves in and the courage to admit that you're not loving what you're doing and that you're open to exploring something else is a big deal. And I hope that you're giving yourself some, some support and some encouragement through that. When it comes to the question of, well, gosh, what is next? The kind of considerations that you want to go through are number one, who are you? What do you value? And what matters most to you in this season? Because the kind of golden handcuff situation that you describe when you have worked your way up on a specific part of the career ladder and you've gotten to a place where the money's great, but the fulfillment isn't, can make it really difficult to, to feel like there are any possibilities out there. So step one is assessing what matters most and what you value to help you start to take off some of the blinders to see what else might be out there for you. 
And when I talk about this specifically with clients, I use a a four-prong kind of methodology to establish what you care about and what matters to you. Because I think we all, at some sort of soul fundamental level, have a specific set of things that we're looking for that are all in common. We all want to be of service in our work. We all want to solve problems. We all want to make a difference and help people. But what that means for you as an individual, as opposed to what that could mean for somebody else in the marketplace, can be wildly different. Yes. So the four dimensions that I encourage folks to think about when it comes to assessing what you want and what you're looking for in your next type of opportunity include, number one, establishing your strengths and gifts. And Lori, to your point around that feeling, that sense of fire. When I think about what constitutes your strengths and gifts, this is not just your set of capabilities. It's not just a laundry list of your skills. This is the list out of all the things that you are capable of. What are the things that energize you? Yes. I love this. That motivate you. What are the things that you find yourself naturally drawn towards? Because that subset of things are the kinds of qualities you're going to want to find in the job duties and description and responsibilities that go with your next role. And I want to interrupt for just a minute because I think this is so important. I think you are spot on. When people think about how they can take the next step or what they're looking for, they tend to focus on skills. And I think what you're talking about is something altogether different. You're saying what ignites your passion. So not necessarily skills. And it might be um, like, give us for, give us an example of something that is not a skill, but someone who's come and said, I love X, which is more of a passion. Well, so that's actually a little bit of a different dimension. When I think about the four different dimensions, I see oh, okay. things that, that constitute kind of like passion areas falling into what I call your magnetic interests. Oh, okay. I'm so skipping ahead. I, Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I, I love that you're putting your finger on that because my philosophy is that all four of these different dimensions integrate together into helping you find a role that feels like a really good fit. So okay. you want to find the strengths and gifts that are energizing. You want to yeah. find the interest areas that are energizing. You want to find the pillar number three is the personality fit that allows mm-hmm. you to feel energized and momentum and excitement at work. And the last piece is lifestyle which can mean compensation, it can mean benefits, it can mean flexibility, it can mean whatever you need to feel energized in your life. Okay. If we look at energy across the four dimensions here, an example for your strengths and gifts might be, I'll give you an example from my own life. So prior to becoming a career change coach, I was working in marketing and communications and I did a stint in nonprofits, I did a stint in startups, I did a stint in a communications consulting firm. And when I was at the consulting firm, we were doing the types of projects that needed a lot of organization and stakeholder management. Okay. Reaching out to lots of people, keeping track of lots of things. So the role that I took on on that specific project was creating a big old database that was beautifully tagged. It was so organized. You could query it incredibly well. It was hyper-functional. And that was absolutely a capability that I had but I hated it. <laughs> Lori, this was like the bane of my existence when I was, I was just going to say, this is for role. like someone who's a marketer, this does not sound like a key role that's going to fuel that fire for you. <laughs> it did not give me energy in any way. Right. <laughs> but the problem was, of course, that I had gotten really, really good at doing this and I was a yeah. subject matter expert internally. So when I was thinking about making my move into my next opportunity, I didn't even put database work on my resume at all 
Because even though it was a big piece of my role and it was a big piece of the professional reputation and and accolades that I'd gotten, I knew that if I advertised that, I would be attracting more of that into my life. Yes. So I tried to drill down to what's the subset of the strength and gift that I have that are energizing and motivating and exciting and that I do want to lean into more of. Absolutely. So to come back to the question that brought us here, that's thing number one to look at when you're trying to get a more granular view of what motivates you so that you can start to brainstorm and get curious about what could be next. Okay. And how do you, how would you say with this listener, how would you deal with the fear of letting go of that successful career in order to take that next step? So that comes to, in part, it ties into the lifestyle pillar Mm -hmm. because at least in part, I think how all of us think about and define success comes to some measure of of financial compensation and benefits. Right. So I think that getting really clear with yourself on what's the target range that I want to be in financially, am I willing and able to explore a lower part of the range than what I'm making now in order to make an increase in my happiness and my fulfillment? Right. It's it's a big question and an important one to sit with. And if the answer is no, the answer is no, right? It's fine. There's no guilt. There's no judginess. There's any shame about that. But for some of us, it can be really important to give yourself the spaciousness to explore things at a higher compensation level or potentially a lower one if it creates more optionality for you to make a transition. I love that. So a piece of it is definitely being not afraid of the numbers and a little bit of the behind the scenes math to see what could I make work financially so that the financial piece doesn't have to be the full sense of satisfaction and fulfillment that I'm getting from a job. But your question brings up this extra layer of the identity piece of if you have been working your way up a corporate ladder and you've gotten to a level of respect and prestige and responsibility and, you know, specific types of titles that feel like they come with a lot of glamour, it can feel really scary to think about letting go of that and stepping into something else. And what I oftentimes think about when navigating that fear and the uncertainty and some of the risk that comes with making a transition is I think about what I call the integrity paradox, which is that when we show up as employees in the workplace, Mm -hmm. we have a certain sense of integrity towards our job, towards our team, towards our employer. But this can start to get a little bit tricky and create some tension When in being in integrity with your job and your employer, you start to fall out of integrity with yourself. Okay, yes. With your heart, with your soul. Yeah. And if you are in a job where you are checking all the boxes and doing a great job for your employer, but you don't feel good, you feel like you're not sleeping as well as you want to, you feel like it's meaningless, you feel like you are not being challenged, you feel like there's no room for you to have any upward mobility or growth within the organization. Right, The integrity paradox is important because so often we over-index on being in integrity with our jobs at the expense of selling out our own values and our heart and our soul. So if you're in this situation of being in a job that looks really glamorous, that pays great, but you're not happy, the important consideration from an identity perspective and a fear perspective is what's the risk in me staying Mm-hmm. What values am I betraying? What am I settling for? What am I accepting? 
Oh, you're giving me goosebumps here. Okay. This is good. You guys be listening. This is, this is exactly at the heart, right? Of what it takes to be living the life that you want. It's all this underground stuff that a lot of people don't kind of take the time to sit with and decide, but let me, I'm going to pivot if you're okay with that. So I'm going to pivot totally. to my most asked question and the most popular topic for a lot of listeners. And it is, if you have had your kids, you've raised your kids and you're ready to come back into the workforce, how in the heck do you make that happen? And how do you make it happen? I, I hear this a lot. A lot of women say, I can get back into the workforce, but I'm not going to get back in for 15 to $20 an hour. So how can you jump back in and at a value that is commiserate or you know a value that's comparable to the strengths that you're bringing to the position? Yeah, great question. So we start in the same place of evaluating your strengths and gifts, evaluating your areas of interest, evaluating your personality fit and what feels good for you. And then evaluating that lifestyle piece of what's the range that I'm actually willing to go back into the workplace for. Mm. So when you start to set some baselines and non-negotiables on who you are and what you bring to the table, those pieces of information about your strengths and gifts and the magnetic interests in particular can then help you start looking at what jobs exist at the intersection point of those particular things. And I I talk about some different kind of brainstorming models to get your creative juices flowing and to do the ideation process in my book. But what I can say is that once you start to get some ideas going, what typically happens is that you need to bridge a gap you will either need to bridge a an information gap and a knowledge gap because mm-hmm. you've been out of this space long enough that you're not totally sure what the names of the titles are or right. how roles and responsibilities are divided between roles these days. You may need to bridge a skill gap. It may be that people who are doing the kind of work that you had been doing when you left and that you want to come back into know different software tools or they have different areas of transferable skills than the things that were prized back whenever you took a step away. Sure. And it may be that you have to close a relationship gap, which may just be that you don't have as many active contacts in the organizations or in the industry that you want to be in as you did back in the day. And so developing those kinds of connections and people who are willing to advocate for you and stick their necks out for you and help you get your foot in the door will be a really important part of this. So the biggest piece of encouragement I would give to somebody who is sitting with this question is it's going to take a little bit of work. And a little bit of legwork because we as the job seekers bear the burden of proof of how we can serve and how we can create value at an organization. So if you lean into that and say, okay, I can do hard things. I am willing to try this out. I am willing to work at this. The process of then figuring out where you might fit in, where you'd like to go, how you can contribute, and how to see the market value that your skills can bring to the table today can be pretty straightforward. But Mm -hmm. just like you were talking about earlier, sometimes there is some internal BS that we have got to move through in that process of self-doubt and fear, right? uh, not feeling like we can trust ourselves. So starting from a belief of my skills have value and it may take a little bit of legwork on my part to show exactly how that value transfers into the economy in this day and age, the sort of power one-two punch of those two beliefs will be what you need to assess what you bring to the table, to assess what's out there on the market, to close any of those gaps and to successfully land a role where you're definitely, definitely making more than $20 an hour. (laughs) But I will also say that sometimes roles 
at an hourly rate or roles that are a little bit more non-traditional might be exactly what you need if you find yourself in a situation where let's say that you have an aging parent and you need to be available at the drop of a hat to go and deal with medical issues or to support them with chores, that there may actually be a lot of virtue and value in seeking out something that may have a little bit more flexibility or look a little bit different from what you would have been seeking back when you had initially taken your leave. So being open to flexible opportunities, not quite full-time opportunities, you know, coming up with creative solutions yeah, sometimes yield some really interesting and exciting options. Well, and I love this really goes back to what you said at the very beginning, which is, and probably the entire body of your work, right? Which is explore what is most valuable to you. And it's not always going to be money. In fact, probably the majority of things that are valuable to you are not going to involve money. We all need money to, you know, live and get by. And But I think this is a perfect example of maybe flexibility at this point in your life is the most important thing. And so where can you move to get that flexibility in your life? So I love that point. Yeah. And I'll say too, that there's one wonderful client that I worked with a long time ago who the most important thing for her in finding a new opportunity was finding some killer healthcare. Yes. She had a daughter who had a lot of different medical needs and needed pretty consistent regular surgeries to be done. And so with this person, our we didn't even think about, you know, a minimum amount of money that she was going to be making from her job as a big consideration in the different things that we were exploring. We looked at what are the employers in this area that have incredible reputations in terms of their benefits and their healthcare packages so that your daughter will be taken care of and you will never ever have to fret about, can we afford this? Are we at our deductible? Yes. Covered any of that. And ultimately she ended up getting a fabulous job with wonderful pay because the organizations that tend to prioritize taking really good care of their employees typically compensate pretty well too. Right. Right. And just exactly to what you were saying before, getting really clear on what you value, what matters most to you and your family in this season. Yes. Makes all the rest of the decisions clearer. I love this. Well, and this, it's so great you talk about seasons because this is another thing. A lot of times women will say to me, well, do you think you can have it all? And I'll say, you can, you actually can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time, right? So in this season is key. And let's talk about seasons for a minute. Here's another question that came up. I have a mom who reached out to me and I love, I love this question. She said, okay, I've successfully raised two kids. They've gone off to college. And now this is similar to the mom role. But she said, I'm currently looking for work, but my identity is so key to my working life or the work that I find is so key to my identity that I'm finding I'm losing my identity. It's the same question about moms coming back, but this to me is so much more like just heartfelt and, oh, my heart just went out to her. What do you say to women specifically who have their identity tied up with finding a job and are having trouble understandably during this time finding something? Well, the first thing we've got to start with is that that your work is not your worth, okay. right? And that and that this yes. has got to be a a mantra that everybody who's listening takes imprinted into your soul. That your worth, your value, your contribution, your sense of meaning and purpose in your life so transcends your professional capacity or capabilities. Yes. So anchoring yourself into this sense of my 
identity is allowed to be multidimensional and work is absolutely a part of it, right? For most right. of us, work is a manifestation of yes. who we are and of our values and a, an expression of who we are and our values. And that anchoring yourself into other types of identity elements can feel really grounding in a time when it feels like there's a lot of instability and uncertainty. Right. So first and foremost, make sure that you've got a couple different things that you can ground yourself into that feel like they anchor you into who you are, your worth, your values, your sense of contribution, and your integrity. That's step one. Okay. Step two is the job search right now is tricky. The last year has been really difficult And a lot of sectors have been hit harder than others. Specific cities and states have been hit harder than others. And you'll see different segments of the working population have been hit harder than others. I mean, they're calling this a a she session right now, for goodness sake. I have read so many articles on that and posted so many comments on the fact that it's it, the burden is falling more heavily on women right now than men, but typically because the kids are home from school. And so the person who's taking a step back is moms. Yeah. So that question then becomes, if you want to take a step back in, how do we find baby steps for you that feel directionally correct, even if it isn't immediately landing an interview with the dream role that you're looking at? Because we want you to keep up some kind of momentum and some yes. kind of forward action and motion, no matter what. Right. If you are immobilized, that is when all of your fears and your worst (laughs) thoughts will come over and completely bamboozle your brain and your heart. Yeah. Keeping in motion in some way is really, really important. But for this question in particular, one of the biggest things that I would encourage your listener to consider is what might be some baby steps that could be purposeful and meaningful and of service, but may not be a complete full time job back in the workforce. Right. So an example of this is that I have a a client who I'm working with who's really interested in exploring entrepreneurship. Okay. And one of the baby steps towards exploring entrepreneurship was, can you do an individual project? Like just one engagement, one consulting thing, even if it's just pro bono. And this same philosophy comes to job seekers too. Are there projects where you can make a contribution that will add to your credibility and can go as a line item on your resume, can add to your ability to build a network in a specific industry, can add to your industry knowledge and subject matter expertise. And if you're thinking that sounds great in a hypothetical, but how do I find things like that? Right. There are tons of organizations that create these online databases of volunteer opportunities on a project basis. Organizations like Catch a Fire, Taproot, There's so many more where you can skim through, see what they need support with. And if it aligns with the kinds of things that you have loved to do in the past or that you want to lean into doing more in the future, you can raise your hand and do an engagement that might be a single consulting session. It might be a two-week project. It could be a two-month kind of a a short engagement that can help you to feel like you're doing something purposeful like you're doing something active, that you're keeping your skills sharp, you're building your network. And if the job search is not going as quickly or you're not getting the results as efficiently as you're wanting, that you still feel like you've got forward motion and progress. Yes, I love that forward momentum idea. I think that's so important for people to just feel that, to know that they're taking steps, even if it has not, if they have not landed the job yet, you're taking steps every single day toward getting the job that you're looking for. 
Well, I could have you on for hours, but I'm going to finish up with one question I always ask all of my guests. So the guests that come on are just so impressive. And thank you for coming on today. I always wonder, how do you keep it all together? How do you manage your multiple roles? I mean, you're a podcaster, you're a coach, you're an author, you've got, you know, your day job in addition to all of these things. So what, how do you keep it all Well, I'm sure everybody says this, but oftentimes it looks a little bit more put together on the outside than it feels (laughs) on the inside. But I would say that the things that keep me feeling most like I have it all together is a sense of community support between having an incredibly supportive husband, between having an amazing team, between having great friends who are willing to pick up the phone if I call them in a moment of distress It's the community support that helps me to do the verbal processing when I'm feeling overwhelmed or to get the resources when I just hit a new problem. Like we had a pipe burst in our kitchen. Oh no. (laughs) Dealing with all the layers of, you know, how do you make sure that your insurance claim is going to be compensating you for the appropriate (laughs) amount of money? And how do you make sure that you're picking a contractor that's going to fall within your scope and budget? Right. And not to mention, how are you going to boil pasta? Right? If it happened in your kitchen. (laughs) Yes, there are a lot of layers of processing and dealing and trying to put it all together. So having the community support of, I've been through this before. Here's my favorite contractor. Call this person. Yes. Or this is the way you want to make sure to have documentation on this or anything else like that. It's it's the community. It is the, the tribe. It is the sense of connection in my world and in my life that helps me to feel like I can navigate just about anything that comes my way. I love that answer. And I'm very similar to you. Community, friendship, kind of reaching out, knowing my people will be there. I think that's just what keeps me grounded as well. So I have so enjoyed having you on. If people want to look for you or get career clarity, where should we send them? You can go check out my website at getcareerclarity.com. And if you're interested in the book, Career Clarity in particular, you can head to getcareercarity.com slash book or check out any online bookseller that you like. And I encourage all of you to do so. Like as we explored today, it doesn't matter if you're at the beginning of your job, in the middle, coming back after kids, coming to the end of your career. I think this, I think this applies across the board. So you've created a wonderful resource. Thank you so much for being on. Well, Lori, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you. Thank you.